Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. You guys, today Bridget and I are so excited to bring you a very special interview. We have Miss Audra Lynn on the podcast today. Audra was a playmate, Miss October 2003. She lived at the mansion with us for a while. We had a ton of amazing times together and you've seen her on Girls Next Door and we know that you guys have wanted to hear from her for a while. So let's get going with the interview. So you guys, we're really excited. We have an amazing old friend with us today. We have playmate Audra Lynn. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. It's so great to see you guys. Yay! We're so excited. Me too. We're so excited to have you on. And we kind of want to start with the beginning. Like, tell everybody where you're from and how Playboy showed up on your radar or how you decided you even wanted to try out. Yeah, um, so I was from a town of 288 people in Minnesota, so I kind of grew up in the middle of nowhere on a farm, a horse ranch, and um, I always loved Playboy, and since I was seven years old, I told my dad, I'm going to be a a Playboy playmate, because he had one in his bathroom that I had seen by accident, and my dad's like, where'd you see that? And he had to hide him better, but um, anyway, so I saw... (laughs) them and I thought they were the most beautiful women in the world. And so from that point on, I always aspired to be a playmate. And so I ended up going to Studio West and knocking on the door when I was in town. And they said, usually there's casting calls. And I'm like, listen, I'm I'm from out of town. And they let me test you. And I got accepted right away. So that was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's that is like a perfect story. Like everybody wishes that would happen. Right. It really is. So I noticed I was looking through our scrapbooks and I noticed that you were around for so long. I mean, and I'm not in a bad way, but I mean like (laughs) way at the very beginning, like way before girls next door, way before Kendra got there. They had so many blondes that they had to space them out. So it took me like that long to end up in the magazine. So it was like the longest way ever. And I was staying at the mansion actually like two weeks after Holly got there. And you were like pretty new too when I was there too, you know? So it's like, I kind of was with you guys for so many years, like on and off. Yeah, that's why I was confused because yeah. I was looking at the scrapbooks. I'm like, wait, Audra's okay. Here's Audra. This is like when she's shooting or this one her issues coming yeah. out or whatever. And then I'm like, back up and I'm like, wait, no, Audra's with us here and Audra's with us here and this here. And yeah. then I was like, I was just like, she was with us from like the beginning. Yeah. And I so I was wondering how that all unfolded. When did you shoot the pictorial? In there was such a mix up with everything. So I shot the pictorial in when was it? 2003. And so I was supposed to be on the cover of the October issue. So it was, I was supposed to be September and then have said, no, I don't want you to be September. I want you to have the cover of Playboy on October. So then I got changed to October and I was just hanging out at the mansion the entire time. And um, then I got told I had the cover and everything. And then I look on Hef's, you know, he'd have that like, Uh, the brown book yeah the brown book and everything and then it was Lauren Hill that was on the cover and I'm like I'm so confused and Lauren Hill ended up getting the cover of my like issue and I don't know how all that transpired but I mean she's beautiful and she's so well deserved so I mean it is what it is (laughs) so when you knocked on the door you must have done like the Polaroid test that day because there's no way they just were like 
you know, whipping everything out. So then when did you go back and actually test and what was the test shoot like? So I did the test just a few months after that and it was great. And, um, it took so long, you know, like in between, like when I test shot and then became a playmate that they used me as a cyber girl in between. And so they used my test shot for cyber girl. Do you remember what your test scene was? Like what they did, what your backdrop was and stuff? Um, it was like a, a dresser and I was like laying down on a few of them and it wasn't anything like exciting. <laughs> but I felt <laughs> like then that was my centerfold too. Like I have so many things that I did and they like, my centerfold's me looking up at the, the girls in the studio, like they're, they're great big blown up photos and and then like bicycling. And I'm like, wait a minute, like I ride horse, I play piano, I figure skated, like where's like, they didn't feature any of that, you know? I would have given you a theme, Audra. Thanks, Carol. (laughs) Do you remember the very first time you came to the mansion? Um, yeah. Yeah. I got a tour. So I was going through and the first person I met was Julie McCullough. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Because I used to come home from school and watch Growing Pains. And what about the first time you're meeting Hef? You know, Hef made me nervous. Even as many years as I was there, he made me nervous. I would start shaking and like, I sound like a bumbling idiot because I could never get my words out. And it, it was intimidating. But he's such a nice, like, I felt like grounded person. And but it was still like nerve wracking because to me, I always look at him as like an icon, you know? Right. And what were your thoughts of the mansion? Was it everything you thought it was going to be? I think even better. I loved it there. I had so much fun. I mean, you and I hung out a lot, you know, and Crystal was like my best friend. And so we were like joined at the hip. Oh, wait. And you got to be, I wanted to emphasize this because you got to be Miss October, which is what I always wanted to be in Miss October. (laughs) So you get Playmate. What did your family think and your friends? Um, Well, my mom freaked out. She's like, how could you disgrace the family? Like, what are you doing? Oh, no. Like, I did everything for my parents. I was a really great kid and I was an only child. And we grew up in a really small town. So like, Everyone knew everybody. Everybody talked about everybody. And so my mom was just, you know, she was worried about our family reputation. You know, I totally understand. And my dad's like, go for it. You know, like, he he was cool about it all. And it wasn't until my parents actually came out and met half and went to the mansion. I think it was over Easter that my mom's like, oh, it's not like what I thought it was all about, you know. So definitely Easter's a very safe holiday to ease the family (laughs) into. (laughs) It's a safe bet. This was a big deal for me. So I just, I like asking people about it. Were you excited to get your bunny necklace? So I have a weird story about that too. So like Hef came down to the med room one day and like gave me a bunny necklace before I ever was a bunny. I wasn't a girlfriend. I wasn't a bunny. So I actually have two. Oh my God, how fun. <laughs> when your issue came out, were you like super excited? Was everybody in your town talking? Oh yeah, everyone is talking about it. My, um, I got to go back to my hometown to do an autograph signing. It was one of the largest ones. I stayed there like four hours after what I was supposed to be there for. And it was like a huge wow. hit because I mean, my town was 288 people, but the biggest town next to that was like 15,000. And I swear like everyone showed up. 
even my like school teachers, which was weird. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Audra, I have a question. When you got your second bunny necklace, was that at like your playmate orientation? Yes. Because yep. we never got to go through that. And I'm curious, what was that like? Like, did they give you press training or did they tell you anything about Playboy history? Or were you there during the time period when they were telling everybody not to be escorts? Because there was somebody yeah. trying to recruit people into like the call girl ring. <laughs> yeah, well, I was unfortunately in that era because one of the girlfriends was the recruiter. I mean, like passports were checked in my day. I don't know if you guys knew that too. So like if yeah. anybody suspected yeah. anybody, like you had to turn your passport in and they looked at it. And I, I know there was a playmate of the year that didn't get it, you know, because mm-hmm. they had checked your passport. And so, yeah, they basically kind of gave you a, a, a pamphlet. They go over everything. But um, we had to study up and learn because I, I gave a lot of tours at the Playboy Mansion, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, had a bunny costume. Well, they give you so a I packet. A lot of <laughs> yeah, you Lots definitely of things get a to lot memorize. Of yes. Yeah, with the, all the mansion stuff alone. Right. Let alone like Playmate and Playboy stuff, just the mansion details. Yeah. I know you already touched on this, like you were staying at the mansion. You like practically, well, not practically, you lived there for a while with Twice. us. And I just felt, I remember. Twice, actually. Yeah. And I just remember looking back on that as so much fun. And like you were part of the family, I felt like. Like there was just like such a bond. Yeah, I loved it. Between all of us. We we all got along so well and we had so much fun and it was such a great experience. And my favorite days were our Knott's Berry Farm days. Yeah. Players Day. (laughs) Those are my favorites. Great. So fun. Um, so you were there during a, what we call the mean girl era. Yes. And um, <laughs> I just want to know what your experience was like with that. And like, if you, if you felt that energy too, or if you were um, on the other side of it at all, like what your experience with that whole era was. So, I mean, like I got along with everybody, so I didn't really get that too much. I mean, there is one girl that we would get like fake purses and all that stuff. And she would always comment like, Oh, that's not real. And I'm like, who cares? You know? Um, yeah, that exactly. The worst that I got, you know, I got along with everybody, but I heard how they talked and, and I didn't really appreciate that. And I didn't like how there was like all the cattiness and I, I saw it, but I wasn't in it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't just towards Holly and I and, Crystal and and people like that and Stacy, but it was also against Hef behind right. his back. Right. They were very vindictive. They had their own agenda. And I felt like, you know, you and Holly and and Crystal and and everybody, Stacy, we were always like the happy we didn't care. We didn't want to get into the drama. We didn't want to get into the cattiness. We just were happy to be there. We enjoyed our time and I thought we all had fun. Yeah. And then um, were you, what, what was your thoughts on they got booted? Because Holly and I like literally had a party in each of the rooms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did it like, affect you at all? Um, I was just happy to see everybody gone because I was sick of the drama. And it, when it got down to you guys, I'm like, yes, because it was like we were all the happy go lucky. There was no drama between us. We all had a great time. And it, it really got like quiet then. It was it was great. <laughs> yeah. What was it like living at the mansion? So as girlfriends, and er- as everyone knows, we had a lot of rules and restrictions and nine o'clock curfews yeah. and just like a whole bunch of stuff we had to follow um, and have like schedule and everything. But what was it like living there and not being a girlfriend and not having those same rules? It was amazing. 
I felt so bad for you guys. I mean, I understand it at the same time, though, because the second time I ended up living there was because I did get myself in a bad situation. And I went to Holly and I was like, listen, like, this is what's going on. And she's like, oh, no, you know, I'll talk to Hef and see if you can move in. And that was like my safety. And like, I can't thank you know, Holly or half enough for letting me come and stay because I didn't want to be a Dorothy Stratton. And that's where I felt like I was. Yeah, scary. You know, so but I also didn't have the curfew. So like I had a serious boyfriend at the time and and I could go out and date and have all those perks and you guys were stuck home and it's like, oh, come out with me and you guys couldn't, (laughs) you know, so that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Okay, so your issue is out, and now it's competition for Playmate of the Year. What was that like? Did you feel a lot of competition? Was there girls, like, doing catty things? Was it, like, yeah. um, people trying to vie for attention? Yeah, tell us yeah. about it. Um, There was a lot of drama around it. And, like, I had worked a lot for Playboy, you know? So, like, I felt like I was in the running because, like, I had done so many promotions. I went all over the world with Playboy, and I really, really, really worked hard, you know? And then there was another girl that I found out was, like, kind of second runner-up. And her and I always got along, but then I found out, like, she slipped, like, a a quaalude into my drink, and then, like, I got... I don't Stop know if you guys ever that knew about that. Up. Like, I no. my friend from Hawaii, and she's like, girl, I think, like, you got slipped something. Because I'm like, my tongue is numb. I can't feel my tongue. And, like, oh my God. Out. And I found out it was, like, her. And thank goodness, like, I don't know if you remember Jameson that worked at the mansion. Mm-hmm. But, like, he helped, yeah, the like, get me to my room, get me changed, like, complete gentleman, like, got me into bed, like, great, great guy. And it's like, you know, like, I don't look at, like, Hef and and Playboy as, like, bad, but there were bad apples in, you know, a couple of playmates and and a couple of, like, girlfriends, you know? And, and that's where, like, a lot of the trouble came from. And otherwise, like, 99% of everybody was like great and like same with the playmates like I never felt like competitive with all the other playmates and everything we were all kind of like on the same level we all had fun we all loved doing the promotions we got to stay with one another and it was like a great big huge family but there were a couple of like bad apples you know I mean just like everything I'm sorry to hear that she did that to you that's horrible yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff later on she tried to steal a boyfriend of mine and like just there's a lot Uh. of drama with that girl that's crazy um okay so who did end up getting playmate of the year that year because i don't remember oh, carmella did and she's a sweetheart oh that was carmella yeah, yeah. She's, she's awesome so like that was cool i'm happy for her yeah we're, so what 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 was it like when you found out you didn't get it i mean i'm sure there was disappointment and stuff like that but what were your thoughts were you like okay with it were you really happy for carmella or were you like just really disappointed and well i mean i think everybody wants to be right like i mean your playmate you want to be chosen as like the head girl for the year you know so i was like disappointed but at the same time i was happy for carmella she was a great girl and she was always nice to me and i didn't have any problems with her um and like i was working so much that it didn't really matter because like I was so busy with Playboy and I was like so lucky to be one of the playmates that still got to travel all abroad and do all these cool promotions and ballet slot machines took me on. And so I was doing so many promotions with them and it was just such a great, great experience. I loved it. Yeah. That was like a dream for me. Like I wanted to be a playmate and do all those promotions so bad. Like I'm sure I talked to you about it a million yeah. times. Like, 
told everybody knew it was no secret. And I just thought how amazing to travel the world and be doing stuff for Playboy. It was like a, a brand that I just loved and felt like I was so positive about it and could like really promote it. And, yeah. and so I was like, like, I use the word jealous and people think that I'm being catty about that, but I mean jealous in a good way. Like I was like so envious or jealous of like the schedules that you guys got and the travel you got to do and, and the promotions that you got to do. Cause I thought how fun that's amazing. Right. I don't, it seems like people- graduating. Um, so even after you got Playmate and the Playmate of the Year stuff is over, you still got to stay at the mansion and hang out and all that stuff. There's a 4th of July episode that we just reviewed. And um, I swear you were with one of the bachelors. I was, but that's the weird thing. So I was going to bring that up because that was before I was a Playmate. So like how that got like slid in there is so weird to me. So. Oh, crazy. So they used old they mansion used old, footage. Yeah, because like I was seeing Michael Keaton oh, at the time. God. So then you guys said that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like a cheater. I wasn't, you know, like, that was way before. And so, yeah, that got like slid into the girls next door. That yeah. makes oh, sense because they were showing so much 4th of July footage, like at the beginning and at the end. It makes sense that they'd be like pulling footage from all different years. Because yeah. even when they showed me on the slip and slide, it was like half from 4th of July, half from Bridget's surprise party. And that was the best Slip and slide ever. I can't believe you guys got in so much trouble for that. I just listened to the other episode where Slip and Slide got upset. Yeah, we got the old cease and desist. We still kept saying it though. We're still saying it. Slip and slide. Hula hoop. Yeah. (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Right. (laughs) Okay, wait. So for anybody who's like part of Bachelor Nation, who was the Bachelor? It was uh, Aaron Berge. He was the second Bachelor. Okay. So it was like the new one and like they had already broken up, but he wasn't allowed to say by contract that they had broken up. So then, of course, like I was the girl that broke them up, which I wasn't. And so Mm -hmm. I got a lot of hate for that. Oh, no. Yeah. So what was it? Explain to people what it's like. I mean, we've talked about it on here, but explain to people what it's like going out with Hef, like out on the town, going to the clubs or going out to dinner or whatever. So it was a ton of fun. Um, I don't know. Like I had heard that that that's how he kind of watches potential playmates to see how they interact at dinner how they interact going out at clubs. Like, it was how you conducted yourself and everything. And I I loved it. It was great. It was nerve-wracking at first. And I think the first time I went out, I looked like a nun. I had, like, a shirt up to here and, like, (laughs) pants. And everybody (laughs) else had their boobs out. And, like, I remember that first picture. And I'm like, oh, what was I wearing? (laughs) But You know what, though? I think everybody thinks that on their first night out. Like, I look back and think, oh, my God, what was I wearing? But, like, how do you figure out when you've never been in this kind of element before how do you figure out from your own wardrobe what to wear out with Hef and his girlfriends to the clubs well and I came from a town of 288 people like you don't expose like any cleavage at all so like I had a turtleneck on you know (laughs) but uh it was fun and it was like so exciting to like see celebrities like come up and then you got to meet so many people and I remember meeting like Pam Anderson for the first time and like I always like looked up to her and thought she was amazing and still do like she I ended up doing a shoot for Vogue with her and she is like so down to earth such a great person and such an amazing experience yeah it truly was 
yeah, I just remember having so much fun, like all of us going out to the clubs and obviously we're, you know, we've got security and the ropes and just walk right into the clubs and bottles and all that stuff. And me, you and Crystal and Stacy and Holly and everybody just like having so much fun and dancing and like yeah. having a great time. But, and I just remember that like after the Mean Girls left, it was such a good time, like so much bonding and such a tight group. And I think Holly even has a picture and it was like all of us. And it was like, this is what the group should have been like right, right here. Like, yes, it was a holiday picture of us and Stacy and Crystal. And I'm like, this should have just been the group. Right. We were just like, so it would have been so much more positive fun and, and had so much fun. And I feel like I was in your room, Bridget, more than I was in my own room. <laughs> we were always like hanging <laughs> out and. I remember your scrapbooks and how amazing those were. And yeah. See, I miss those days. I miss those days of like everybody just coming to my room and like hanging out and watching TV and having a glass of wine and gossiping about everything and talking about the parties and, and planning our outfits. And right. like, I just miss all of that. I loved all that so much. Everyone loved Crystal. Crystal was so nice to everybody and she's always so bubbly and happy and. She's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still talk to her. We're still super close. Hef got Um, mad though. He got mad that we were hanging out so much because he like gave her a lecture and was like, you need to be doing more things with the girlfriends, not hanging out with the playmates. And like, she got in trouble. That is weird. Yeah. Weird. But I was like living there at the time. So like, what, what doesn't matter? But I also think that Hef thinks that Crystal and I had like a thing going on, which no. (laughs) Oh, maybe he's jealous that there was a little, like, unseen erotica happening. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Okay, so then things start getting a little bit weird. Like, Kendra, I didn't know things were weird. But Kendra comes around, and according to Kendra's book, she thought that we were trying to move you in and make her a girlfriend and get rid of her, which blew my mind because I never thought that then you had been around way longer than her. And had we had wanted or you had wanted to be a girlfriend, that is something that could have happened years before. So it blew my mind that she thought that we were trying, we were all in cahoots to try and do that. Do yeah. you remember anything yeah, like that going so like, on? Or? Everything like changed once the show started. And I don't know if it was like a competitive thing on like Kendra's side or like, I don't really understand any of it because Kendra and I didn't have a beef. Like we didn't have any issues. Like if I would get stuff like, you know how like we'd always get like freebies from all these different companies and everything else. And like, I got a whole bunch of sporty stuff, which wasn't like me. And so like, I'd set it outside Kendra's door and like, we would talk. She was a little more aloof, you know, than than any of the other girls. But, like, we still, like, we got along. Everything was fine. Then once the show started, it was, like, a completely different situation. And I don't know what happened. And the only thing, like, listening to your guys' podcast has been amazing because, like, I'm starting to kind of piece things together. And so, like, when the show started. So are we. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> so when the show first started, you know, I was dating Michael Keaton at the time. I had just landed like Frasier, Mad TV. I was doing skits for Jay Leno. Like I was doing like a lot of like really cool comedy stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. And he was like, don't do reality TV. It's the kiss of death. You guys change that. But like when you first start <laughs> shooting, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how things are going to be spun. You don't know how the show is going to be like, you don't know anything. So, like, I wanted to kind of keep my distance. I was happy for you guys. You guys had your show. That was awesome. 
And I didn't want to also take anything away from you guys because it's your show. And so like, I wanted to like stay back and not really even participate, you know, just keep living there, doing my thing and like not participate. Well, then I got in trouble because I didn't sign to be on camera. And I was like, well, it's really about them. While you're living there, you have to sign it or you have to leave. So I'm like, okay. So I signed it. But every time I saw the cameras and you'll see like some of the episodes where like I'll be walking out of the kitchen. I'm like, oh, and I'll like duck back in, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I was really like just trying to like stay out of it. So how she got that from like when I read her book, I was so confused, like that wasn't even on the table. And like none of us ever talked about that. And it wasn't even reality, you know? Yeah, I was really shocked, too, because, I mean, there just was nothing in it for you. You were already a playmate. You were already dating other people. You were already living at the mansion. Why would you be like, you know what I need? What I'm missing in my life is a bunch of rules. So I think I should be a girl. (laughs) I mean, Hef did ask me. He asked me, like, uh, way before the show, you know, if I wanted to be a, a girlfriend. And I was like, no, you know, like, I'm dating somebody. Like, I don't. I'm good, you know, and he never asked again and he was polite and it was fine, you know. Yeah, it's just so strange. And then, um, but there's a lot of strange stuff with the book, which I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because none of it makes sense to me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. did things start getting weird um, with you and Kendra after that point then, once we started shooting and stuff? Like, you know, I didn't feel like anything got weird until the the bag incident to be quite, yeah. you know, like I still thought everything was fine. We didn't hang out. Like you got, like we all hung out, but like during Sunday fun in the suns, like I go and I'd sit and hang out with her. And, you know, she'd tell me that she was a really private person and she took a while to like bond with people, which I understand, you know? And, and like, we, we truly got along. So like, I'm at a loss for all that. In her so the book was a shock to you too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the um, girls next door episode two, it's called meet the girls and we're all going to go ice skating. And um, I felt like this is the first part where I felt like they made you look kind of bad. Like, I feel like there's a scene where I come down. Yeah. And, uh, you were like, and you said something like, I don't know if I wrote it down, but you said something kind of snarky about our outfits. Like, oh, if I knew you're going to wear like a silly outfit or something, I would have worn one too or something. And at the time, I didn't think it was like a bad comment or right. a snarky comment or anything at all. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, you should have worn it. Like, yeah. But I feel like the show edited it to make it look like you're being like, you know, yeah, and being I, mean I feel like that it. too. And that totally wasn't how I was meaning it at all. You know, I mean, I guess I should have known that you guys would dress up because like you always dress up and you're always cute and you always have the best outfits. I don't know. I had skating outfits. I would have wore a skating outfit is what I meant, you know? Yeah. Because like totally. I and, and, and rewind, like, I don't know if people know this, but like I was a figure skater. I was like, you know, a very, very good figure skater. I do triple jumps and everything. And so I thought like I could do that when I got there and I hadn't skated in 10 years. And so like I kind of made a complete <laughs> ass of myself. <laughs> I no, I felt like you were still it. really good. Like I have and pictures yeah. of you like in arabesque pose and like all this stuff. <laughs> I know. I thought you were really good. Thank you. The rest of us are like, <laughs> I tried to do a few jumps and I'd fall and I'm like, oh my gosh. 
Well, that was amazing to me. I thought it was good, but I'm totally with you. Like at the time, I did not take it as like a snarky comment. Watching it back, I didn't take it as a snarky comment. But watching it back now, like 15 years later, I'm like, oh my God, they were totally trying to make her look bitchy right there. And that was not even, she wasn't trying to be like that. I know that. And I I know how I felt at the time. And, and, but I thought it was worth just bringing up because that whole episode was really, um, like Holly puts it, an assassination of my character. And I feel like they were doing it a little bit on a much smaller scale, but to you as well. Like just trying to make there look like there's a lot of cattiness, a lot of jealousy, a lot of like mean girl spirit that yeah. wasn't going on at that Not time at all. at all. You know, looking back at everything, reading Kendra's book and then like listening to you guys and seeing how the show did did everything like I completely feel like there was character assassinations and they would build up the people they wanted to, you know? Yeah. I think this early on in the show, they just assumed that there was a lot of cattiness and a lot of competitiveness and a lot of jealousy. And they were going to play on that and really like amp it up. They wanted it. (laughs) And I haven't, I haven't rewatched later on yet, but I feel like, so at first they were trying to really amp up that jealousy and that competitiveness and, and that mean spirit. And then I feel like at some point they kind of realize that that's not really what's going on here. And then they, they start showing the show as more, or friendships and bonding and girl fun and and that kind of thing. Although I am only on episode seven right now, so I haven't of season one, so I haven't gotten that far. But right. so let's get to the burning question that social media <laughs> has been talking about, and I feel like you've had to go on and defend yourself about and the right. show was so much drama about it. And I have so many questions about how it went down on your side because we've never actually talked about it. So. Let me set up the scene for everybody. I think you all know it, but let me just set the scene (laughs) up. We are going to Vegas for Kamala's birthday. It's 4.30 in the morning. We're trying to catch like the first flight out to Vegas. Kendra bought Carmela a present and for some reason left it down in the dining room, um, which is not... Well, I'll I'll just start out with saying that's not a smart idea because I know it's our home, but the mansion is also a lot like a hotel and a lot of people come and go and you don't necessarily know everybody that's there and butlers change crew overnight and don't know like what a bag is that's sitting out or who left it or why. And um, And they're tasked with keeping the mansion clean. So chances are somebody's going to need to go put it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... It, it's weird that she left it down there to begin with, I feel like, but but that's neither here nor there. It was left down there. Um, the next morning we get up, we're ready to leave. Kendra cannot find her present for Carmela. We're all tearing the place apart. My first thought is production did this. They're trying to create drama to make us late for this flight. And I literally pulled the producer aside and I was like, this isn't funny. Like, we're totally going to miss the flight. Like, if you guys hid this bag, you need to tell us. And they were like, we didn't do it. We swear. We swear. So then my next thought is, well, I don't know. I didn't know what was in the bag. Maybe it's just a, a gift card or something like that, like a Sephora gift card or something. And the and the mansion probably thought it was an empty bag and threw it away. So then we're digging through the garbage. Right can't find it and eventually it's like okay you guys we just have to go forget the present find it later don't worry about it later like get her something when you get there whatever like we have to go so we left without the bag and then we get back and in in real life we get back we still have no idea like what happened with the bag or anything like that when we get back in the scene you and crystal are in my room 
and Hef comes in. Um, everyone's in the room. And I just want to know, like, at that moment, like, rewatching it at the time, I had no clue anything that nothing about the bag. But what rewatching it right now, like, I wanted to know, like, did you wake up that morning and hear that there was a huge fiasco about this missing bag? Or, like, when did you first hear about this missing bag? So I heard about it when Holly called me at, like, four o'clock, four thirty in the morning or whatever, and asked if I had seen the bag. And like I was sleeping. I was like dead asleep. And Sorry I'm, to call you at four thirty. No, that sounds so foreign to me now. I think we were just I, desperate. <laughs> I didn't even know you called her. Yeah. I don't remember doing it, but it was so early, like my mind is not working. And, she said, she, and Holly was like frantic. She's like, Have you seen her bag? And there's a gift card and like everything. And I'm like, No, because like at that moment, like we should like rewind. But like, I wasn't thinking about that at the time because like what I thought I had was a gift bag. It had a whole bunch of stuff in it. So like, I'm thinking she's talking about a gift card for Carmela and like this little bag. And like, so I'm like, no, I don't have it. You know, like, so you go back to sleep and not thinking anything anything about it. Right. And then when, when do you find out that it's like this big deal and everybody's been looking for it and it's, and how do you like know that it's the bag that you have? It wasn't until the next day, like I always slept in really late back then. (laughs) And so like, it was probably like 11 o'clock noon when I'd roll out of bed. And then I looked into this bag because what happened was the night before I had gone out on a date with Michael and I didn't get home until like midnight or so, maybe even one o'clock. And so I came strolling in and there was this black bag sitting on the buffet table that was up against the wall at the time. And I don't know if you guys did it, but I know Crystal and I did all the time. But like, if there was a party at the mansion, we'd be like, Hey, we don't have any makeup on and stuff. We don't want to go out there. Like, will you go snag a couple gift bags for us? And they, they would like, did you guys do that? That rings a bell. Like, I don't remember specifically, but I remember like when I joined the group and parties we would go to around town, that was my first introduction to gift bags and you would get some good shit. Okay. (laughs) But that rings a bell. Like, I don't specifically remember getting anything from like a backyard party, but they had these backyard parties that companies would sponsor all the time. I mean, that, that does ring a bell, like being like, oh, is there extra gift bags? Cause there usually would be. Right. And so like when you called me at 4.30 in the morning, you're like, it's a Victoria's Secret bag. It's a Victoria's Secret gift card. And I'm like, no, because the bag that I had that night was a black bag that I had taken off that table because I even walked up to it and I was like, oh, yay, a gift bag, you know, and I like peeked Mm -hmm. in it for a split second. It had all kinds of different makeup items. Like it had a whole bunch of different things in it, right? Just like a gift bag would. So I took it upstairs, didn't even like go through it because I was tired, went to bed, Holly calls and says, hey, do you have this Victoria's Secret bag? And I'm thinking like a pink, your walls. Thinking yeah, the Bridget's pink stripe bag. <laughs> and like, <laughs> no, I don't have a gift bag. That's Victoria's Secret. I don't have a gift card. Like, wasn't even, I, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? And so then it wasn't until like later that I opened it up and I looked and then stupid me, I did panic. I did panic because I'm like, oh my God, like, we all get along. I've, I've never lied to you guys. Like we, you know, we never had any issues. And I'm like, oh shit, like this looks horrible on me. And then at the same time, one of the girls that was testing came up to my room to say goodbye because she was on a flight out and she was like, oh my God, that's going to look really bad. And so like, we like freaked out, you know, and that was like a moment of panic. 
But I did end up going, and this is where Kendra's book, again, is, like, confusing to me because she's like, oh, I saw Audra. I was going to kick her ass. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Because I walked right up to her, and it was there was another party going on at the mansion, and she was up next to the bar where, like, the bathroom was. Like, the not bathroom, but bath The bathhouse. Yeah. And yeah. so I walked up to her, and I was like, hey, you know, I really apologize. And, like, do you want me to replace it? Do you want money? Like, I, I feel horrible. Like, let me replace it. She's like, oh, no, Hef already did. And I was like, yeah, but it's not really like house responsibility. I feel horrible. Let me make this up to you. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. And then I read Kendra's book and I'm like, wait a minute. Like we had a full on conversation. I apologized for all of this. I felt horrible. It was a huge misunderstanding, you know, and the same time too is like I talked to Mary and Mary's like, we're not going to bring this up on the show. We're not going to talk about this. It was a huge mistake, huge misunderstanding. You're good. You're fine. Like, we're not going to talk about it. And then here, everybody talks about it. And she, like, forbade me to talk about it. So, like, I never got to say my side. I never got to say anything. It's frustrating when you don't have a voice. And there's just these stories floating around. And back then, there was no social media. So, it's not like you could hop on Twitter and be like, hey, guys, that's not really what happened. Like, you were just kind of stuck with no voice for so long. Right. I mean, up until now. Up until now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, like I knew in my heart, there was no- nothing malicious about it. I could still sleep at night. Like it still, it does bug me to this day because I feel bad if Ke- that's what Kendra really thinks in the book, because like that wasn't the intentions. And I loved Carmela. I wouldn't want her to like miss out on getting a gift for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it was such a horrible situation and I felt so bad. And I hate that there's that like, misunderstanding through all of this and I never had a voice but at the same time like I know where my heart was and that wasn't it yeah well I don't know if you know but like uh the producers of the show were like all pissed or the executive producer I should say of the show was all pissed about it and he wanted to make a big deal about it yeah that's what Mary told me and Mary's like they're not going to I'm not gonna let them you know all this stuff And so then when things did come out about it I was like well that's really shitty because like I never got to say anything well, because the show, what the show did, the producer was pissed about it and he wasn't allowed to do what he wanted to do as far as like shaming you for doing that. And so he did it in other ways, which we're going to talk about next. And I'm sure you know about. And I think also that editing, that ice skating comment, like all that editing came after all of this happened. And so that was like purposely like the first little seed he's trying to drop right. to like sabotage your character and who you are. Like he's trying to like show, okay, this person is, we don't trust this girl. She's saying, right mean thing right that's the first and i mean like you guys knew me and you dealt with me and like on a daily basis like would you ever think that that would happen out of me you know like yeah never. that's what i was gonna say is when we heard that supposedly you stole the bag that was just so like mind-blowing and weird to us and we were just told that's what happened we never heard anything else and also i was gonna ask you if you remember this audra like exactly when you moved out or how quickly it happened because i'm thinking back to this timeline and granted we were just starting filming the show we were like shooting the promotional stuff we were super super busy so we were really busy but i almost feel like i turned my head and then all of a sudden you were gone and you quote unquote stole the bag like i don't remember even like bumping into you in the hall or anything nothing because they told me that i wasn't i wasn't allowed to talk to you guys about it i needed to stick to myself oh my god and that within two weeks like i had left did they tell you to leave 
Yeah. Or what? Or did you like just say I'm leaving? Or how did it go down? No, Kendra made such a huge stink out of it with Hef that Hef was like, I have no choice. Like, you have to go. And like, that breaks my heart. And, and I still wish that I could have had a, like a sit down with Hef. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and talked about all of it because it really, it really sucks. I mean, like, it was completely innocent and there was no like there was no issues with that you know I mean it just it's frustrating (laughs) yeah it sucks and Audra we've talked about this privately but I wanted to say it publicly on the podcast too I wanted to apologize to you for not reaching out after all that happened because I look back on it and I'm like okay that's crazy because we were so close and having so much fun together and I remember Bridget and I just kind of being like shell-shocked when we heard that supposedly you stole Kendra's bag and just thinking okay that's fucking weird And then to, for me to like not reach out to you is just crazy. So I wanted to apologize for not reaching out because I can't imagine doing that today. And I'm not saying this to make excuses. I'm just kind of saying to explain, like, I know why I didn't do it because back then I was like so loyal to Hef and I didn't want to do anything that would piss him off. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not that Hef would have been pissed at me for reaching out to a playmate because playmates are always still part of the family kind of no matter what. But I felt like if I were to reach out to you, he would get pissed at me because in his mind, I would be going against Kendra. And he was always trying to like pit me and Kendra against each other or like make a big thing out of that or like point at me and saying like, you're not being, you know, on Kendra's side or something. So I know where that was coming from, from me. So it's still not okay. So I wanted to apologize to you for never reaching out because we haven't talked until like just a few months ago and it's been years. Yeah. Yeah, But you know, at the same time, like I understand, you know, because you got told one narrative. I knew that you guys got told that narrative. Like, I mean, I've always thought and and would think about reaching out, but then I know how popular you guys got after that. So it's like, are you ever even going to see my message? You know, and, and it did always kind of bother me. But at the same time, like, I understood where you guys were coming from, too, because you got fed that narrative. Yeah, it was I too much. I just remember feeling, like you said, Holly, so shell-shocked about it at the time and so confused because we were so close and all that stuff. And it just yeah. seemed so out of character and so weird. And then and then I felt, I I remember feeling like, oh, my God, almost like a, a personal betrayal. And again, this is just based on no, what I get we it. were being told. Yeah. And I thought... How could she do that? Like, if that's what happened, like, how could she do that? Like, it was, we were all so tight and so close. And, and then, you know, Kendra's just freaking out and in such a, a outrage about it. And then all of a sudden you're gone and stuff. And so it just felt like it had to have been true. And that's what right. happened. And cause now she's gone and holy shit. Like, and it just was just so much, right. so much and it's on like, top of everything else that right. was going on. And then it like, it never gets resolved on the show. Cause like Hef wouldn't let it be talked about like what happened to the bag or yeah. like how that all went down or anything like that. But then um in commentary, like a year later, we watch the episodes and we do like the commentary in behind the scenes. Like Kendra like makes it definitely known See, in the I commentary. All that. I never heard any of the commentary. That well the commentary in the DVDs is how people know what 
or started like catching on as to what happened and who did it and where all the rumors started going from there. And then her book fueled it after that. Right. Yeah. Cause Hef didn't want it out there because in your mind, in his mind, you're still a playmate. You're still part of the company. Like he didn't want that out there. And I was still working for Playboy at the time too. Yeah. And so it, it was really frustrating to me to hear that like this stuff like came out and then I wasn't able to talk about it. And then like, I know I'm curious though. How did they, find out it was you did you come forward and go to mary's office and be like i didn't know this was kendra's bag but i have it or did somebody else say something to somebody or how did that go down i'm not exactly sure i think it's because i went up to kendra and i said hey listen i'm sorry you know and so i think then she went to hef and talked to him about it i see yeah i didn't know if somebody approached you first and then you went to kendra i wasn't sure yeah no i went to her so how soon after they find out that you took the bag to you having to move out? Um, I did it in about two weeks. I found a place in San Monica and just moved. It Because it's so weird. Like, Holly and I were talked about this. Like, we don't even remember seeing you pack up. I know. It's like a lot of that's like a blur to me, too, because it was like such a shocking thing to have happen. But on the show, uh, you're still around for a little while longer because the show... Spoiler alert to people who watch is not <laughs> um, is not in order. In order like right. something happened months before, some right. things happened weeks after that kind of stuff. So even though you're in the process of leaving after this bag thing happens in the show, you're still there and we're getting ready to do Operation Playmate um, where we're going to get in the bunny costumes. We're all in my room. We're getting ready. The bunny costumes and Holly and I have talked about this on the show, but just so you know, too, we talked about how hard it is to get into the bunny costumes, that they are fitted exactly to your body, that Holly's costume probably wouldn't fit me right and mine wouldn't fit her right. Like they're fitted exactly to you. But the military co- and and even those are hard to zip up and you need yeah, help. But definitely. the military costumes are just the size they are and you either fit it or you don't fit it. And they don't show the rest of us getting in our costumes. We're just already magically in them. But they focus on you getting in the costume and I'm trying to zip it up and I can't, which is not unusual. And then you call up. What I thought was funny, you call up for the butlers to come and help. But what I thought was super funny about it is you're like, better bring two. Yeah. (laughs) But remember, like, I was into comedy at the time, you know? So, like, my whole acting was was about comedy and being funny. And so, like, I I knew that they were filming. So, like... I wanted to make it kind of funny. I'm like, bring two, you know? And then like my faces when they're putting it on. Like, I mean, that's like, that was me like hamming it up. You know what I think people just think it's like real, you know? Yeah. People think that it was like so painful for you. And I'm like, no, those faces, like she's totally playing (laughs) into this scene with the faces and stuff. And they're like focusing in on the zipper and and, uh, Holly's trying to push your, your ribs in (laughs) and like this whole thing. But it's funny and stuff. And I remember watching at the time thinking it was funny and laughing about it and stuff. But watching it back now, and I'm not trying to be like a 
anti-comedy person or anything like that. But watching it back now, I feel like, God, that's so mean. And I feel like it's deliberately like trying to bat shame you. And I feel like it's trying to, it's like playing on people's body images and, and, and I just feel like they were deliberately doing that to you because you had stolen the bag. And it's another like try and attack on you. This is my take on it anyway. Right. It was another like little attack on you that the producer could do because he was so mad for on Kendra's behalf that you were like in his mind getting away with this and he couldn't do what he wanted with the scene. So he was going to make you look bad in a different way. I don't know. I, I honestly think that they were mad because I wouldn't sign the contract for so long. And then they had to like threaten me and be like, you have to like leave if you don't sign the contract. Oh, that might have been part of like yeah. why they were so quick to believe yes. Kendra. That's annoying. Right. I don't like that. Right. And so, like, you know, I'm 115 pounds at 5'8", trying to fit into that bunny costume. I don't know if people know, too, like, when we sign our playmate contracts, like, we can't change our hair. We can't gain or lose five pounds. Like, it has to be within, like, a five-pound range. Like, do you remember that, Holly? Did you have that when you were... I remember talking to playmates about that. Yeah. Yeah, we we weren't playmates, so we didn't have it. I couldn't... I had to make sure that I always fit that bunny costume. You know, so, like, my costume, I never had a problem with. But then going into that military one, like you guys were right. It's like fitted to a certain person. Okay. So after that, you're um, not living at the mansion anymore, but are you allowed to still come up for like buffet dinners and movies and, um, and parties and that kind of stuff? Or are you kind of like, no, I wouldn't. I would have a few parties. I didn't ask to come up for like any of the movie nights or anything like that, but I did go to like the parties and I still worked a lot of events there because I was giving tours and still working promotions and everything. And did people like treat you differently? Did you feel like, or no, I just, I felt like I lost my family. I felt like I lost, you know, you guys and, and being able to, you know, hang out with you guys all the time and everything. Like, that was frustrating. Yeah, I know we were really sad too because yeah. I mean, like like we've talked about in this podcast, we were all super close, so it was all just so shocking, and it was like losing a family member, right? So I remember being really bummed too because it's like when you have a good group and you get along with people, you want those people to stay because you know right. that everyone, you know, like you don't, you know, what they could get replaced with, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so the stakes are high. Too, like, you know, we have to remember that we're like in our early twenties, so. It was like I should have been more vocal about it though I was told to like not talk about any of it you know and it's like I should have been more vocal I should have ta- I should have gone straight to your guys's room and talked to you about it even though I was told not to you know what I mean and and just told you what was going on well, that's easy to say looking back on it but at the time like you don't go against what Hef and Mary right. say. Yeah, especially when that's your job. It's scary. Yeah. But even just living there and stuff, like if Mary told me, don't don't ever say anything to this. I don't want to hear you talking about this ever Mm -hmm. again. Like I would, I would feel like a total, that was a total threat. Like I could never talk about (laughs) the thing, you know, like whatever it was. So, okay. So fast forward, because I don't think we really saw you too much after that. Right. During our duration of Girls Next Door. I could be wrong. If something came up, let me know. No. But after we left the mansion, 
Did you ever, did you come back after that at all? No, not at all. I didn't even start, I didn't, I quit working in promotions too. I, I don't know. I think I, I was just trying to do more acting and focus on like an actual like career. And then like, you know, your agents in Hollywood and everybody are like, you got to distance yourself from Playboy and try to make yourself more of an established actress and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then. Tell us about your life, like what happened from like when we last saw you to like now, like in a nutshell. I know you're married. I know you have a a, a daughter. Like tell everybody, tell everybody how your transition kind of went. Um, I ended up leaving Hollywood and I went back to my hometown. I started showing dogs, which dogs have always been my passion. So I showed dogs all around the country, had some of the top dogs in the country. And um, then I started having skin issues with some of my Chinese Cresteds, and I formulated a skincare line for dogs. And that took off, and that was been a really successful business up until supply chain issues with COVID. <laughs> it's kind of killed it, but it's coming back slowly. Now we live in Florida, and I love that. Beautiful here. It's like paradise. And, it looks um, like you live a really magical life with all the dolphins and the animals. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So I have like a wild pet dolphin that comes and visits me and my daughter. And Aww. he plays like hide and seek through the docks. And he'll bring her fish and like blow his blowhole at her face and like jump out of the water. So cute. He follows us everywhere. And she named him Ocean. And it's so adorable. And so That's we're out amazing. on the water a lot. And um traveling and i've got the best husband and an amazing little girl and she's seven now and it's been that's so cool great. i love i that. have to ask you did you, so you weren't really talking to hef or seeing him anymore like after we were gone not much no where were you when you heard that he passed away um back in minnesota and then i just remember feeling really hurt that the funeral didn't allow playmates. Like, how can that not allow playmates to go to the funeral? Or And then, like, I was shocked to hear about your situation because I don't feel like I have closure yet. And instead, it sounds like, I mean, I wasn't there because I wasn't invited, but it sounds like it was, like, some sort of corporate event. Yeah, that's what I heard, too, and that, like, the people that were speaking at his funeral, like, hadn't even really, like, known him. And then I heard, like, some really sad and granted, like, it's gossip, but who I heard it from was, like, a really, really good source. They're like, Hef didn't even know, like, the mansion was up for sale. It got really creepy. So here's what I heard. And uh, he didn't he, he didn't hear about it. Then he found out about it. And I believe one of his <sighs> friends told him about it. And that's why there was, like, this weird, like, 86 list on all of a sudden some of his really good friends wasn't allowed to go up there anymore. Because anyone that was telling him what was going on with the outside world was like, they couldn't come up anymore. I've heard rumors like that too. And it's horrible. It's horrible how I imagine what his last years were like. And especially with his closest friends, having people to over to the mansion for the dinners and the parties and the events and stuff. And I know as he got older, maybe not so much the events, but definitely still the movies and dinner and stuff like that. Having his friends around was like his whole life. Like it's what he looked forward to the most. Yeah. So to have those close friends being cut from the list. And as far as I've, I've been told, he didn't know why they were being, that they, they were not coming up anymore. He thought his friends just didn't want to come up anymore. Yeah. That's like a gothic novel. It's like so creepy. That was the end of my questions. Holly, do you have anything else? Or Audra, do you have anything you want to add? Um, I don't know. I mean, like I always look at things like such positively that 
like, even though, like, I went through what I did um, in my life, like, I'm glad that even the bad things happen that happen in my life because I am where I am today. And without it, I wouldn't Same. be where I am today. And so, like, I just have a question for you guys. Like, what do you think the most positive thing that Hef did for you guys in your life? Well, I think it's just the overall, like, um, just everything. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today without the mansion and Hef and, um, but I also have to say that it came at my pushing. Like, I didn't just like, it didn't just fall into my lap. Like, it was something I had to really push for and give up a lot for too. But it wouldn't have happened without him and, and the show and, you know, the magazine and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really grateful for everything and all of it. And I look back on my memories really fondly. And I mean, even going through all our scrapbooks and stuff like that, like it's so much fun and a lot of good times in there and reviewing things like this. I mean, there's some negative things and a lot of the negative things though come with the show and the way it was edited and not so much what really happened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me, I could probably think of something more fun and more interesting if I had time to think about it. But I think for me, the best thing he ever gave me was like the opportunity to work at the studio. And, and obviously I learned a lot from that. And I think that was a rare thing. Like I think for so long, no matter how close he and I were, I feel like I was kind of being held to a weird standard and kind of being like punished for things other people did wrong, you know, like he'd been burned by people. So then I was held to this standard. And I kind of felt like for me, being able to work with this work at the studio was something thing he let me do that was kind of like unprecedented you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and just to be able to like like I was always so afraid to like stand up for myself or even stand up for other people in the group sometimes but when it came to work because I felt like I was doing him a favor or like oh if we do this change this will save you a lot of money to be able to be heard and listened to was really unusual so I think that's probably what I'm most grateful for I could probably think of something else too if I had more time to think about it but that's what comes to my head yeah well, that was such a great job for you though because you were so creative and so good at doing the, the centerfolds and you knew what Playboy wanted, you know? I thought Thanks. you were great at And it. oddly enough, like I think people would think that I would come out of the mansion being like really competitive with other women or feeling you know, like I don't measure up. And I did feel that way for a long time, but I felt like working at the studio, I was constantly like looking for beautiful women or looking for women who had potential and always trying to help them look their best and be their best and like achieve this dream that I had wanted for so long. And I feel like that did so much for just my character and my security moving forward. Well, I think that was what was great about us as a group too, is like all the girls that did come through because there were so many that would test and everything like that. We were all so supportive. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to do this too, because I feel like people love to um, stoke the fire and act like there's so much drama and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so glad that we got to do that this. And I'm glad this podcast gives us the opportunity, not that we couldn't do it on our own, but it gives mm-hmm. us the opportunity to do it publicly so that other people can see the conversation and hear it and know where the truth lies. And you can, people can nitpick this and say whatever they want to say or whatever. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> The truth still lies here. Here we are, all three of us in the same room, quote unquote, sort of, you know, talking it out. And, um, and, and this is where the truth lies, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a great episode. We're excited. Yeah. Thanks, Audra. So good catching up and seeing you again. Great seeing you guys. Hopefully we'll see each other in person. Absolutely. That would be fun. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed our little chat with Audra. We will be back next week with an all new Girls Next Level episode. And for more content, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level. See you next week, guys.